Hi, I'm Pastor Brady, and welcome to the Five Forks Student Ministries podcast. Today, we are in week two of our four-week series called How to Be a Quitter. You see, throughout life, we're always told things like, never give up and don't quit. However, as we begin this new year, our goal is to be a bunch of quitters, focusing on how to quit and remove the bad habits from our lives. Tonight, we're going to talk about how to quit complaining. time. I think you guys could do it. I think you do a great job. But uh, tonight, and, and Waggy, you, uh, Grant, you both kind of mentioned it a little bit during the announcements, but we are continuing with our series where we're talking about how to be a quitter. It's week two of this four-week series where we're talking about how to be a quitter because the thing is, all the movies you kind of watch growing up, all of like the you know motivational quotes that you see, they always are like, hey, don't give up. Never quit. And you know what I say? That is a bunch of lies. Because we are going to quit. We are going to give up. And so I want you to say it loud and proud with me right now. I'm a quitter. quitter. Loud and proud. I'm a quitter. One more time. I am a quitter. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I like to hear. Oh, well, you're about to be, Zach. You're about to be because our goal, our goal with this lesson series, as we start off this new year, 2024, our goal is to become a bunch of quitters here. We want to be a bunch of quitters because our focus is to quit some of our bad habits. And so, for example, as we talked about last week, we talked about how we want to quit making excuses. That's the first thing we want to quit. As we learn to be a bunch of quitters, we want to quit making excuses. Because if we're honest with ourselves, the things that often stop us from trying to become like the best people that we can be is because we make excuses. What stops us from praying every day? You start making excuses like, oh, well, you know, I'm just really busy today. I didn't read my Bible today. I didn't go to church today because I was just a little tired. This excuse, that excuse. No, we're quitting making excuses. So we talked about that this past week. And tonight... Uh, I have one other thing that we are going to talk about, quitting. Now, uh, before I kind of get into it a little bit, I did just need to like, take a moment. Like, I really just needed to get something off my chest. So if you just let me uh, just kind of have a moment here, I feel like I need to like sit down and let me just grab this bench just because there's just, there's just a lot that I need to... <sighs> yeah, but they're too, they're too low for that, me. Make that higher. <sighs> You see, I had a really rough day yesterday. Really? It was a really rough day. You see, Saturday, that's like my day off, right? And so for Saturday, I'm just thinking, like, what can I do to just enjoy the day off? And so I had some great plans. Like, first thing I was going to do is I made it to, I was going to go to Starbucks, right? You know, we all like our Starbucks, hitting up Starbucks. So I was like, I'm on my way to Starbucks. And on my way there... You mean Starbucks? Yes, yes, Starbucks. <laughs> you're exactly right. So I was on my way to Starbucks. And the thing is... I went to listen to my girl Tay-Tay on Spotify. Your what? But Spotify wasn't working. 
And so I'm just sitting in the car, driving in silence, because Spotify wasn't working. I wanted to jam out to my girl Tay-Tay. It's my day off. I want to have some fun. And so I was just livid. Like, I was red in the face. But you know what? I was like, okay, I'm going to be fearless instead. And I'm going to live evermore like it's 1989, like my reputation depends on it. Yes. Only like a few of you who actually know that. I did know that. I needed the notes. I needed the notes so desperately. Those of you who don't know, that was like, that was like some of like the different uh, names for some of Taylor Swift's albums. And I did need the notes for that. But anyway, I'm on my way to Starbucks. And on my way to Starbucks, I was so excited to order my usual venti caramel ribbon crunch cream frappuccino with oat milk, eight pumps of caramel, and extra whipped cream. Uh, obviously, obviously you can tell. Thank you. I just shaved. So anyway, I'm on my way to Starbucks. I get there and I order my typical you know, uh, goodness, uh, my venti caramel ribbon crunch cream frappuccino with oat milk, eight pumps of caramel, and extra whipped cream, obviously. But there's a problem. You see, if you, like, I can tell, because I know my venti caramel crunch, oh, darn it, I need my notes again, but I know it. And I ordered eight pumps of caramel, but they only gave me seven. And you can tell by the color of that, that is only a seven caramel pumps of caramel. It was not good enough. It was not eight. And so it was just like, okay. So I was pretty upset. And so I was like, okay, you know what? Let's forget about this. I'm going to go home. I'm going to watch some soccer. And I was really excited. There was, a, there was an awesome soccer game that was on. So I was like, okay, you know what? Forget about Starbies. Forget about, you know, listening to my girl Tay-Tay. I'm just going to watch some soccer. But the problem is, is as soon as I turned the soccer game on, it was just the absolute worst refereeing in a soccer game I've ever seen in my life. Like, I'm watching the game, and it is just terrible calls left and right. Like, the referee was awful. Like, you couldn't even, like, enjoy the soccer game because the ref was just making it all about himself. It was disgusting. So, at this point, I'm just like, okay, whatever. I'm just going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to hop on Fortnite instead. I was like, you know, let me, let me relax. I'm going to play some games. Fortnite? I was like, I'm going to play some Fortnite. Except the problem with Fortnite, <laughs> the problem with Fortnite is that literally every time, every time, I can do it with no notes, yeah. Every time that I was playing and I would like approach an enemy, my game would lag. Like every time, like I would easily kill them because I'm the best in the world. But every time the game would lag and like, I'm just like, man, if only I had a PC with better internet, I would just own all of these noobs. It's ridiculous. But you know what? That's just, that's just what you get. That's, that's, what, that's what you get whenever you're playing on Switch, I guess, you know, whatever. So it was just an absolutely awful, awful day. Yes, Waggy. You'll drive a Mercedes? <laughs> you drive a Mercedes? I'm going to be honest, I did not even see the nails in that picture. Yeah. I was in your car like the other day. Uh huh? And you didn't have a Mercedes yet. Well, I, that's my, the Mercedes is my Saturday car. Oh. Yeah, that's my, that's my Saturday car. Hold on, Yes, that's, that's a part of the Saturday package, is uh, freshly done uh, new nails, and... <laughs> okay, so I think you all figured it out. Uh, that was all a, 
a complete lie. I did not do that yesterday. Uh, although, you know, I, I, I did do a, yeah. So yes, I did, I did make all that up. But the reason I wanted to do that, I wanted to have a little bit of fun, because the topic that we want to quit, if you didn't pick up on it, which I think, Hartley, I heard you mention it, is we want to talk about quitting complaining. We want to quit complaining, because I'm sure as you were kind of listening to me going on and on and on there, if you weren't distracted by my fabulous nails in that picture, I'm sure you're probably like, wow, that guy is not shutting up. He's just complaining and complaining and complaining, and that's really, really annoying. So that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about how to quit complaining. As we're learning how to be quitters, we want to learn how to quit complaining. And so just a quick question, raise of hands. Who here you know, would say they know someone who's a really big complainer? Yeah. So, all right. Well, so Hartley, you kind of answered my next question. Which of you would say that you are the biggest complainer? So a, a couple of you. That, that's actually, like, I'm proud of you for, for owning that. So yeah, the thing is, is in our day-to-day -day lives, we will often find things that we want to complain about. Like we're often, so often tempted to find things we want to complain about. Maybe it's something silly like Starbucks gets your order wrong or something like that. Could just be something happening at school. Someone who just gets really under your skin, like a sibling or a cousin or whatever that might be. They might just get really under your skin. I'm looking at some cousins just peeking right over across the aisle. Hmm, I wonder why. You know, we complain whenever we're bored and we have nothing to do, but then when we actually have something to do, we complain that we just wish we were at home with nothing to do. See, we always find things to complain about. We complain about not having, you know, nicer things. We complain about not having maybe like enough money to buy new stuff. We complain about not having enough time for different things. We just complain and complain and complain. And the thing is, when it comes to complaining, we'll often say, it's really not that big a deal, right? Like, it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's okay to, to kind of rant and get things off your chest. And I will say, it is good to have a friend or a family member or someone who you can trust whenever you're really struggling with something and you want to share that with someone. It's okay to do that. It's okay to share your struggles. But I think so often that changes from just sharing something you're struggling with to instead just all out complaining. And so uh, the thing is, all throughout Scripture, all throughout the Bible, we find example after example after example that just shows the dangers of when you have a heart of complaining. And it's really fascinating the way we see that in multiple examples throughout the Bible. In fact, the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 3, the story of Adam and Eve, we see complaining right away. Like as soon as what they call the fall happens, where Adam and Eve eat from the, the tree, uh, the forbidden tree, we immediately see Adam start to complain. Listen to this. This comes from Genesis 3, verse 12. He starts complaining, saying, God, it was that woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. It was that woman. Oh, why'd you have to give me that woman, God? Come on. Adam's a complainer. He immediately starts to complain, complain, and kind of talking about last week, starts making excuses too. But that's just one example. If you really want the best example of someone who is just the ultimate complainer, 
The best example would be the Israelites. If you've ever read through the Old Testament or stories in the Old Testament, the Israelites were like the best complainers. Like if there was a prize given to the best complainers, it would be the Israelites. And there's just gonna, I'm just going to cover part of their story. And I think you'll, uh, you'll realize what exactly I mean by that. So quick question. Uh, we kind of talked about it this morning in Sunday school. But how many of you are familiar with the story of the Israelites' uh, exodus out of Egypt, where Moses leads the Israelites out of Egypt? How many of you are, are familiar with that? Not me. Yeah. Well, just to kind of quickly recap it, if you're not super familiar, Black. essentially what happens is the Israelites, they were slaves in Egypt at the time. And so while they were in captivity in Egypt, they start crying out to God saying, God, please save us. Save us. We are struggling, you know, as just the Egyptians are not treating us well. They're not even treating us like humans. So please, God, come and save your people. It's like you've abandoned us. And so that's what they're, they're crying out. And immediately God says, no, I'm right here with you. I did not abandon you, and I'm going to send someone to save you. And so he does. He sends Moses. And so Moses comes and he leads the Israelites out of Egypt in this really long story that I don't have the time to tell. It's an awesome story. Just find it in the book of Exodus yourself. It's really, really cool. But Moses leads the Israelites out of Egypt. And at this point, this is like, this is awesome. Like their prayers have been answered. Everything that they had said, like our greatest struggles have been just being slavery under slavery in Egypt. We just need to be freed. And God answers that. And so at this point, you're thinking, okay, the Israelites should be pretty happy. But wait, there's more. You see, as soon as the Israelites leave Egypt, we see God starts to take care of all of their different needs. He starts to provide them with food. He provides them with water. He even has it so their clothes will not get worn out. And so listen to this. These are just really two uh, verses, really cool verses we see in Exodus. After they have uh, escaped from Egypt, listen to this. This is uh, Exodus 16, verse 4. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day, the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. So as much food as you needed for that day, it was going to be there for you without fail. <coughs> so their food was provided for, but not only that, like I said, their water was too. Listen to this. Next chapter, Exodus 17, verse 6, it says, I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. This is God speaking to Moses. Strike the rock, and water will come gushing out then the people will be able to drink. And so Moses struck the rock, as he was told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on and witnessed this. And so at this point, you'd think the Israelites would be pretty happy, right? Like, not only did God answer their first prayer, but then he's like, no, I'm going to take care of you even more. I'm going to take care of all your, your food, your water, your clothes. They will not get worn out. And so you're thinking like, okay, this is great until the Israelites decided that wasn't enough. It was not enough. And so they kept complaining. If anything, their complaining was actually even worse than their time in captivity in Egypt. It's crazy. They started to complain more and more and more, even though God said, I'm going to provide for all your needs, and I'm going to provide for you this beautiful promised land. They still complained and complained and complained. Listen to this. This comes from uh, the next book in Numbers uh, Numbers chapter 11, it says, The people of Israel began to complain, saying, Oh, for some meat, that sounds great right now. 
We remember the fish that we used to eat for free in Egypt. And we had all the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and garlic that we wanted. But now our appetites are gone, and all we ever see is this manna. That was like the bread-like substance that God was providing them with. This man. And so they just start to complain. They complain, complain, and complain. And so as we see this here, you're probably thinking like, wow, that must have been really, really annoying for God. Like he's providing and taking care of them, and yet they're still just being a bunch of complainers. And it was very, very annoying for God. And we see two key things happening that resulted from the complaining of the Israelites. You see, the first thing that it did is that it just hurt and offended and it angered God. Their constant complaining. Listen to this. This was just a few verses before here in Numbers chapter 11. It says, Soon the people began to complain about their hardship, and the Lord heard everything they said. And the Lord's anger just blazed against them. Like, blazed. Like, that is a, that is a just fiery, passionate word right there that really just describes how frustrated God was feeling. His anger blazed against them. And, and can you blame him? Can you blame God for being frustrated and angry? After all he was providing for them, no. taking care of them day and night, they just complained about how miserable they were, about how they even wished to be slaves once again. And that hurt, and it frustrated, and it offended God. But not only that, there was a second thing that the Israelites' constant complaining brought. And that actually brought some pretty severe consequences. And that's the second thing we notice, is that their complaining brought some severe consequences. You see, I, I heard this quote before uh, a few years ago, and it's one that stuck with me, and I didn't really understand it much when I first heard it. But this quote was that, complainers have spiritual bad breath. You ever heard that before? Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. And it doesn't really make a lot of sense. At least it didn't make a lot of sense to me when I first heard it. But before I kind of explain what it means, we'll see if anyone is uh, you know, smarter than, than what I was when I first heard it. What do you think this means? Hartley? Hmm, I think that's, that's definitely on the right track. Jude, what do you think? Yeah. You complain, it's annoying, and people just want you to shut your mouth. And I think that's actually pretty, pretty right on. Uh, I think kind of both of what you were explaining, that's pretty much exactly what it meant. And uh, you see, it actually, uh, when I first heard it, it reminded me of an episode of SpongeBob. Those of you maybe are familiar with it. Uh, of course, of course, you know. In my uh, in my mind, I was like, ah, yeah, it's like that one episode of SpongeBob where SpongeBob had terrible <laughs> breath, and you can just see the impact that his terrible breath had. He ate something really gross, and as soon as he would talk to someone, immediately they would just be like, okay, whoa, this is disgusting. And so, kind of what this quote means of complainers have spiritual bad breath is that when you complain all the time, you're going to be pushing people away. That's what bad breath does. If I had bad breath and I get right up to Nick and I just start to talk and talk, Nick is immediately going to be running out that door and I would not blame him one bit. That's what complaining is like. You have that spiritual bad breath that is just going to cause people to run. And interestingly enough, that's kind of how God started to feel with the Israelites. Listen to this. This is Numbers chapter 14, a couple chapters after their complaining had started back up again. Starting in verse 27, it says, How long 
must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I have heard the complaints the Israelites are making against me. Now tell them this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things that I heard you say. You will not enter and occupy the land that I swore to you. So this promised land that God was going to give them right as they were leaving Egypt. God's like, no, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm done with your, your bad breath. I'm done. I'm gone. He got fed up with it. And so here's the bottom line. As we kind of look at this example of the Israelites, the bottom line is this. If you want to be someone who is just trying to be divisive all the time, someone who is looking to hurt the heart of God, someone that is looking to push him away, someone that is looking to push people away, someone that is just ultimately, you are only going to bring hurt to yourself, the best thing you can do is have a heart of complaining. You can complain exactly like the Israelites did. If that's your goal in life, which I surely hope it's not, all you got to do is complain. You see, when we act the same way as those Israelites, when we're complaining all the time about just the smallest little things in our lives, day after day after day, I truly believe that we are hurting God the same way that the Israelites did. But on top of that, I think we push people away. I think we are pushing people away whenever we are just complaining and complaining and complaining. But that's not our goal. Because our goal is to be a bunch of quitters. Our goal is to quit complaining. Because our goal, what we want to do here, whenever we walk out these doors, is that we want to look to live a life that is just a clear example, an image of God saying, you know what, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm going to quit complaining. I'm going to remove complaining from my life. I'm going to be a quitter. The Apostle Paul, he put it pretty plain and simple in his letter to the Philippians. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Plain and simple. Do everything without complaining and arguing. But why? Why do we want to do that? Why do we want to do everything without complaining and arguing? Well, he answers that in the next verse, verse 15. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world that is just full of crooked and perverse people. Did you see that there? Yeah. See, when you make the commitment to being a quitter, to stop complaining, you begin to live a life that is just embodying the image of Jesus. And so the last question that I want us to really wrestle with tonight before I send you to your small groups is the question of how. How do we quit? How do we stop being a bunch of complainers in a world where that's kind of like the norm? Like in our world, it's kind of like expected for people to complain all the time. So how do we quit? That's a really tough question. But there's one verse I found where I think Jesus gives us a really great answer. So let me... Just read this for you. This is found in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Jesus says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Now, you may have noticed 
Not once does that verse mention anything about complaining. But why do you think this was the verse that I think gives us the best explanation of how we can quit being complainers? Shelby? Yeah, like reminding yourself, kind of thinking before you let the word spew out. I think that's a great start. What else? What do you think this verse is trying to tell us? What is this verse trying to tell us here? What do you think? Will, what do you think? I think you're, you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. You see, if we want to quit complaining, if we want to remove this from our lives, it's far more than just watching what you say, but the real root of the problem is the internal heart issue. That's what I believe Jesus is trying to tell us here. Because if our heart is in the right place, complaining won't even be a thought in our mind. But if we have a heart that is just constantly looking to complain, that is just never satisfied, that is being greedy and selfish, we're going to be complaining all the time. That's why I believe complaining, it's far more of an internal heart issue than it really is an external, you know, ranting type of issue. And so if we want to quit complaining, we need to start focusing on the heart. We need to start focusing on that. We need to look at aligning our hearts closer with God's. And the Apostle Paul, he gives us some great advice on how to do this. Let me read this for us. This is Philippians 2, starting at verse 17. The Apostle Paul says, I'm going to rejoice. Even if I lose my life, I'm going to rejoice, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will also share in that joy. And the interesting thing is when Paul was writing this letter, he was actually in jail at that point in time. He was in jail. He did not know if he was going to even survive to the next day. Paul had everything to complain about. He had been beaten, bruised, everything. And yet, even with his life on the line, you know what he says? I will rejoice. I will rejoice. See, even when everything in life was just not great, he found contentment in the Lord that he was able to rejoice in. And I believe we can do the same. I really do. I believe that we can find joy in the Lord that even when things are just really, really difficult and all we want to do is just complain to everyone about our problems, we can find peace in knowing that the Lord's right there for us. Just like the Israelites thought that he had abandoned them. No, he was there for them. He's here for us. And we can rejoice in knowing that. And so, in the end, is there really anything worthy of complaining about? We know that God's got our back. I don't think so. So instead, we're going to quit complaining. We're going to quit complaining, and instead we're going to be glad. 
We are going to rejoice. So let's do that whenever we walk out these doors later. Let's talk about that a little bit more in our small groups, but let me pray first. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, thank you for this group. Thank you for the fun that we get to have together, uh, playing silly games in the gym, uh, poking fun at uh, long nails and uh, listening to Tay-Tay in the car. It's fun that we get to do that. Uh, But Lord, ultimately, there are a lot of struggles that we have in life. And it's just so tempting for us just to want to complain all the time. And so, Lord, it's my prayer that those of us here tonight, we can learn to rejoice and be glad in you. That we can have a heart that is just so focused on you that the bad stuff, well, really doesn't mean that much in the end because we know that you are here with us. May we have a heart that is focused on that. May you help us quit being a bunch of complainers. Thank you, Lord, for this group. Thank you for this time we get to gather tonight. Just bless our time in small groups as we talk about this a little bit more. We pray this in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to tonight's lesson. As always, you can go back and listen to any previous lessons that you might have missed. Also, if you want to stay up to date with what is happening in the Five Forks Student Ministries, we encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, where you can find us under Five Forks Students. Or you can check out our website, ffbic.org slash students.